Three key New Orleans Saints set to return to the team in the weeks following the bye week, how Michael Thomas makes Jameis Winston better, how David Onyemata fixes the defensive line, and how Will Lutz, well, makes us all feel a lot more comfortable. Plus, honorable mentions, we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. The Saints are set to have some very important pieces returning over the next couple of weeks following the bye week. Not everybody getting back against Seattle, but as we take a look ahead from that bye, from this bye week, we're going to look at some of the three or three of the most important players to make it back to this roster. And we'll get to a couple of honorable mentions as well, including a pair of players that only just got injured last week, but would be detrimental to lose long term. So I want to start off with Michael Thomas, who is Simply put, the most important player to return to this team out of all of the players that are going or that have been out for an extended period of time. And that's the thing that I really want to focus on. Who are the players that have been out for an extended period of time that bring a uh, an advantage or a boost in a certain area where the Saints have been struggling so far? And it's easy to find that with Michael Thomas. In yesterday's episode, we talked about how he helps in terms of extending drives, what he can do on third down, his, you know, yards per average or excuse me, yards per catch average, all of that, how it fits in to where the New Orleans Saints have struggled so far as the team right now that has, you know, near the bottom of the league when it comes to plays per drive as well as time of possession per drive. But it goes beyond that because it's not just about converting third downs. It's about Michael Thomas's ability to impact a game first down, second down, and third down. If you look at his career numbers, not just the great season in 2019, but if you look at his career numbers, his ability to convert first downs on first, second, and third down, it's kind of wild. 42.2% of his catches, or excuse me, not even of his catches, of his targets on first downs have converted another first down. So they have been for 10 or more yards. Uh, on second down, of his targets have converted another fresh set of downs. And on third down, 53% of his targets have converted into new possession. That is better than guys like DeAndre Hopkins. That is better than uh, Mike Evans. That is better than some of the top receivers around the NFL. The only receiver I could really find that was considerably above those numbers was A.J. Brown because he has far less amounts of targets on first, second, and third down than Michael Thomas does, but also A.J. Brown's an absolute beast. So maybe he's the only one out there that can really match up in terms of getting back to the quarterback and helping this team extend those drives and win early downs, but no one does it like Michael Thomas. Now, just as a reminder, the Saints are 30th right now in plays per drive, and they are 25th in time of possession per drive, so they could use the help there. And it's not just that. It's their first down conversion rate on each of these downs as well. For the Saints, 30.4% of their passing attempts end up creating a fresh set of downs on first down, 38.9 on second down, 45.7 on third down. So not terrible on third down at all. We know that the Saints have one of the best or have been struggling a little bit when it comes to third down conversion, but also sometimes they 
put the ball on the ground, all of that. But this gives you an idea of how they have been um, really right down the middle of the road when it comes to converting third downs in the passing game at only 45.7%. Michael Thomas's numbers alone, as compared to these numbers for the New Orleans Saints so far in 2021, boost in every single one of these categories. You're up 11.8% with Michael Thomas on first down. You're up 15.4% of the time with second down with Michael Thomas on the field, 7.3 on third down. I mean, he brings you quantifiable value in terms of what he can help you do in terms of moving the ball down the field, putting together those long drives that the Saints want to put together. And let's take it a step further. He'll make Jameis Winston better. You take a look at right now where Jameis Winston is maybe struggling the most so far this season, and it's between 10 and 19 yards. It's the intermediate area. Now, is he struggling a ton? No. He's got four touchdowns and one interception there with 114 passer rating, but his completion percentage is way down there as opposed to at the line of scrimmage or between 10 yards or you know less than 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. He's at 58.6%. Now he has a uh, you know thirty just over thirty percent completion percentage, twenty yards down the field, but that's about what you expect for a quarterback targeting all the way down the field like that. But between ten to nineteen, you're used to seeing the Saints completing a lot of those passes. Right now, the Saints only fifty eight point six percent in that area so far. Michael Thomas back in two thousand and nineteen, which you don't know if you're going to get him back to that level, but hey you should at least be able to get him back to a point where he's catching passes and he's catching passes in the intermediate area. I don't think that that's unreasonable to expect. 70.2% reception percentage in that area. So you can see where there's another huge boost in line and set up for this offense just in having Michael Thomas back. And keep in mind, you then pair him with Marquez Calloway, who in that same area has caught six of nine passes that have been thrown his way that way, 66.7%. That's very good. Uh, Deontay Harris has caught three or four there. That's 75%. That's very good. It's just that outside of those guys, the Saints have been having to rely on Chris Hogan, who's only caught 33% of passes between 10 to 19 yards, Juwan Johnson at 50%, Adam Troutman at 50%, Kenny Stills at 33%, Alvin Kamara, who you don't target there, and Taysom Hill, who hasn't been targeted in that area of the field so far this season as well. We'll talk more about Taysom Hill as well as Deontay Harris a little bit later, but you can see without a shadow of a doubt where Michael Thomas brings you some benefit. So Michael Thomas, the most important player coming back to this team in terms of how he impacts the offense and more directly, how he impacts starting quarterback Jameis Winston. So I'm willing to bet that the New Orleans Saints very much looking forward to getting their star wide receiver Michael Thomas back, but I'm also willing to bet that they're willing, that they're excited to get back pieces like David Onyemata and Will Lutz as well. We're going to talk about their impact as we continue on with today's episode. And if you're willing to bet at all, the best place to do it is at betonline.ag, our exclusive online betting partners here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They've got everything that you need as all the eyes turn to the teams that are making another run on the gridiron. As always, betonline.ag is the number one place for you to go for pro and college sports when it comes down to this season and every season thereafter. You've got new updated interface that's super dope and easy to navigate, get you all the odds, props, contests, everything that you need. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. And even if you're not betting on football, you want to get into maybe some basketball, baseball, boxing, uh, your favorite Vegas casino games, you can't go wrong over at BetOnline.ag because they have it all available as well throughout the 2021 season. So go and check them out, BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, so you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put down for your very first deposit. 
with the promo code locked on. It's Bet Online, the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, family, thank you once again for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Thanks so much for being here with us. And if this is your first time catching the show, maybe you're somebody that's listening in and you want to know why you should be a Saints fan. Well, we're breaking down some of the biggest reasons that the New Orleans Saints are going to improve after the bye week. So if you like what you're seeing from the Saints so far, let's talk about how some of the players coming back can help them get even better. And I want to go to David Onyemata and Will Lutz in this one because they, to me, are the second and third most important pieces that are set to return after the bye week. Now, Will Lutz is probably going to take some time. And I said this wrong the other day. They didn't sign the Saints kicker Brian Johnson to their practice squad. My apologies. They signed him from the Bears practice squad. When you sign a player from someone else's practice squad, you have to sign them to your active roster. You can't sign them from one practice squad to another. So that means that Brian Johnson is on the active roster for at least three weeks. So you could see the timeline around Will Lutz kind of lining up with that in terms of his return. So something to keep in mind. We'll talk more about Will Lutz here in just a moment, though. I want to get to David Onyemata, who's eligible to return after serving his suspension after, uh, for the Halloween game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he's not eligible to return against the Seattle Seahawks next weekend. He needs one more week, and then his suspension is entirely served. And the good thing about that is that he's coming off a of suspension. He's not coming off of an injury. He's not coming back from being hampered or anything like that. I imagine that they will take some time for him to get back into game speed and things like that. But this guy is an absolute disruptor, and you want him back on this defensive line. We know that the Saints have done well against the run so far. And David Onyemata, very good against the run as well. He's very productive in that area of the game. But it's his contributions to the pass rush that I think you're gonna that you're very excited to get back to this team and that the Saints are going to be very excited to get back to this team as well. If you take a look at any of the interior defensive linemen and you look at the the ones that had uh, over 300 pass rushing snaps in 2020 across all the interior defensive linemen of the NFL in 2020, David Onyemata had the fifth highest pass rush win rate out of all of them with a uh, 17.3, which isn't far off actually from third spot, which was Javon Hargraves, who had a 17. Now, of course, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, they're in a league of their own. Aaron Donald, 24.6 win rate last year. Uh, Chris Jones, 21.5% win rate last year. So they're just kind of in their own stratosphere at the moment. But David Onyemata, when we talk about him being one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, we're not just saying it because of the fact that he's a New Orleans Saint. We're saying it because the numbers back it up and his play backs it up as well. His pass rush productivity grade of 70, excuse me, 7.3 is up there within the top 10 as well. He has been absolutely outstanding for this team when it comes to uh, being an interior pass rusher, which is interesting because remember, he was drafted raw coming out of Manitoba in in uh, in Canada, had only been playing football for a few years by the time that he had gotten drafted to the NFL. And Ryan Nielsen and this you know New Orleans Saints coaching staff, Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator, just kind of created this monster in the middle when it comes to David Onyemata, Nick Underhill, uh, our guys over at the the uh, New Orleans.football podcast, Saints Talk, they call him the Manitoba Mauler, and for good reason, because he absolutely mauls players in the middle. So he gives you that presence in the pass rush where the Saints have lacked so far this season and gives you enough of a threat in the interior that it's going to adjust maybe some of the ways that the offensive lines that the Saints are playing game plan against their defensive line 
limiting some of the double teams over on the edge, stuff like that, so that you're giving other players opportunities to win. And if they're not getting those opportunities, it means David Onyemata is when he's matched up one-on-one on the inside, and he has the ability to win those, as we've seen, at a top five rate amongst all defensive interior defensive linemen across the NFL. So just as clear as it is about how David Onyemata helps this team in his return, it's very clear how Will Lutz helps the team in his return. I mean, Aldrich Rosas, one of four, he'll go down as the uh, second least accurate kicker in New Orleans Saints history with at least four attempts. Shout out to Jeff Asher for that stat, but he missed three or four. I mean, 25%. He missed one from 52, which, you know, not easy. Missed one from 58, also not easy. Then also missed one from 36. And obviously, I mean, if you look at Will Lutz's career numbers uh, over the course of his time with the New Orleans Saints, 38 of 41 between 30 and 39 yards. He's almost automatic there. Uh, And he's 54% from 50 yards plus, which is about what you would expect. Maybe you want him to be a little bit better. And in fact, over the, you know, up until last year where he missed two of three, he might have been, you know, a a little bit of a higher percentage there as well. But for New Orleans, just having a solid kicking game has always been so important. I mean, we remember looking back to, you know, the post first Garrett Hartley era where the Saints went through like 11 kickers over the course of a few seasons and everything before they finally landed on Will Lutz, who they got thanks to uh, the Baltimore Ravens and, and, and Coach Harbaugh over there, who kind of gave Sean Payton a heads up. You know, that coaching tree is tight, so they really help each other out when it comes to special teams. Uh, but I mean, it's obvious where Will Lutz makes you better. And then, of course, they went from uh, Will, actually, they went from Aldrick Rosas, who missed three of four field goals, to Cody Parkey, who missed two extra points the very, very next week, which, I mean, for Will Lutz, he's 97.3% on extra points throughout his career, 260 attempts. He's only missed seven of those. You saw Cody Parkey almost hit a third of that or more than a third of that in just one game with the New Orleans Saints. So no surprise there that the Saints were, you know, low on patience when it came to guys like Aldrich Rosas. And of course, when it came to Cody Parkey, now they've got Brian Johnson, uh, formerly of the Chicago Bears uh, practice squad. We'll see how it is that he ends up contributing to this team. But regardless, Will Lutz is somebody that you want back because he helps you go from, you know, a 20-point game to a 26-point game, a 26-point game to a 32-point game. Those things matter in the NFL. Heck, even just going down from 33 points, which is what the Saints scored last week, could have been 35. That could have been a major difference because you scored, you know, five times in that game, including one rushing touchdown and then five and then four of the passing touchdowns. So if you're able to capitalize on top of every opportunity to put points on the board, that's going to help you out. Now, thankfully, the New Orleans Saints have actually been outstanding in the red zone. Again, 13 of 14 in touchdowns on those red zone possessions. So they haven't had to take many field goals there. But if ever they're forced to settle for field goals in the red zone, you want to have somebody that's at least going to get you those three points. Right now, the Saints don't have that until Will Lutz gets back. And it's unclear how long it's going to take for Will Lutz to get there. But when he finally gets back out on the field within the next few weeks or so, we'll say it that way, then he's definitely going to be a massive contributor for the New Orleans Saints and making sure that they're allowing to allowing themselves to uh, adequately distance at a uh, consistent rate against their opponents. So as the New Orleans Saints look to rebuild with these key players returning to the roster within the next couple of weeks, there are some other players that are returning that are going to have a pretty massive impact, including a pair of players that haven't really missed any time yet, but were knocked out of the Washington football team game. We'll talk about why you don't want to be missing them 
for a long period of time as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And as the Saints are looking to rebuild, maybe you're looking to rebuild a little bit of that physique after you know a, a year and a half inside. I know I certainly am. And so I rely quite a bit on my protein bars to help me do that pre-workout, post-workout, even during a workout every now and then if I need to at 3 p.m. when you know everything is starting to hit in. I'm a big time coffee drinker. So you know sometimes the coffee starts to wear off at a certain point and you need an extra boost. Well, Built Bar, it absolutely helps you do that. And they do it in a way that you can actually enjoy. You don't have to suffer through a protein bar anymore, guys. You don't have to do that any longer. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Nine incredible standard flavors that they always have available over on the website, and then a rotating list of some incredible limited edition flavors as well, including things like chili lime. They had uh, uh, they had uh, apple almond crisp here recently. They've got the puff bars that are back right now, which are like these marshmallowy flavors, and you've got strawberry puff. You've got churro puff, which is one of my favorites. Incredible, incredible selection over at BuiltBar.com. And when you go and check them out, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off of your next order. Doesn't matter if it's your first order or your next one, doesn't make a difference. You're getting 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars on the market. Don't take my word for it. Go and check them out yourself. You can grab yourself a sample box, get two of all of the nine standard flavors that they have there, or you can go ahead and build your own box, get your three favorite flavors as well. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get it, Huda Nation. So far throughout today's episode, we've been breaking down the way that we're looking at three key players returning to the New Orleans Saints. Usually on a Friday episode, you know, we break it down. We look at three keys to victory on either side of the ball, but it's the bye week, so we get to relax a little bit. But talk about what these players bring as they come back to the team after extended absences. And that's really what we've been focused on over the course of the last couple of episodes are what are the players that have been out so far the entire season? What are they bringing back? to the New Orleans Saints when they come back to the team. It's a little bit of a mystery there, right? And there are a couple of other players that we haven't really gotten to talk about yet that I want to make sure that we talked about here before we wrapped up this episode and this week. Uh, no Saturday episode this week as there are going to be no game, no game day elevations or anything like that. So we're going to take it easy. But when it comes down to it, uh, for the New Orleans Saints, there have been some players that have been out either the entire season we haven't talked about much yet or players that have only been out for a small period of time that you don't want to see out for an extended period of time and what those impacts look like. And let's start there, because I know I haven't talked about these guys very much over the last couple of episodes. Deontay Harris, Taysom Hill, they're huge, huge players to lose if you end up losing them for an extended period of time. And I haven't talked about them much because our focus has been on the players that haven't played so far this season and what they bring back to this team. But these are guys that have the potential, a hamstring injury, and a concussion that looked really bad for Taysom Hill, although we did see some photos of him later. He seemed to be in good spirits, walking around, stuff like that. So thankfully, things seem to be pointing to a good thing there. Deontay Harris, as I understand it, was bowling later on that night. So we'll see, or later on in the week. So we'll see if they even miss time, right? I mean, the, the bye week might just land at the perfect time here, and then they're back on the field to get in Seattle. We've seen before how much of an impact both Taysom Hill and uh, Deontay Harris can have in Seattle. I mean, we saw that up against, you know, when Teddy Bridgewater took over uh, for Drew Brees after the week two injury to Drew Brees a couple of years ago, particularly Deontay Harris, the impact that he had as a special teams player. But he has really come on more as an offensive weapon in addition to his special teams uh, prowess as well. Guys, 
he leads this team in receiving yards right now. He is your number one receiver in terms of sitting up at the top of the charts. And you saw and you've seen so far over the course of the year where it is that he's able to impact and how it is that he's able to impact around the entire field. He's not somebody that is too small to make some plays over the middle, or he's too small to make some plays in the short and intermediate areas. He does. And he's also somebody that is fast enough to take a bubble screen or a tunnel screen and you know pick up some additional yards there or a swing pass or a jet sweep or whatever. He can kind of be that player for you behind the line of scrimmage, but he can also be that player for you 50 yards down the field for a 72-yard touchdown. I mean, Deontay Harris has been somebody that has shown every season his value continues to increase with this team. And I know a lot of people say, oh, but he's only 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but you know what? It doesn't matter how tall you are. It matters how tall you play. And this dude plays big time. Hello, Mr. Darren Sproles, for instance. And I know Deontay Harris isn't as you know bulky as Darren Sproles was, but hey, the bulk only helps if you can get hit. If you can't catch him and you can't hit him, then it doesn't matter. So Deontay Harris, somebody to keep an eye out on. He had to leave after the, uh, when the Washington football team had to punt out of their own end zone the first time, <laughs> they ended up uh, losing Deontay Harris. After that play, he went off of the field. And then later on, it was reported that he had a side, uh, excuse me, a, a hamstring injury that uh, was being looked at. And then he was tweeting later on when Marquez Callaway caught the Hail Mary for a touchdown, all of that. So I do think that he's at least in good spirits. No injury reports this week, of course, throughout this week because of the fact that the Saints don't play this week. So we'll see once they get back to practice in the middle of next week heading into uh, the game against Seattle. So hopefully Deontay Harris is able to come back and hopefully Taysom Hill's available for you there too. Now, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Y'all know I'm not the biggest fan of Taysom Hill as a passer, as a quarterback, but I'm a huge fan of what he does everywhere else along the offense. This guy has these, is tied right now for the New Orleans Saints or with the New Orleans Saints for the second most touchdowns, rushing or receiving. He's got three of them so far on the season. Your leader sits at four so far with Alvin Kamara. This has been consistent with what you've seen from Taysom Hill over the past few seasons. This guy scores points. He gets into the end zone. It's why he ends up taking those you know, red zone snaps. It's why he takes those third down snaps. He's able to get you those solid yards that you need, and he's able to bully his way into the end zone against opposing offenses. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. Taysom Hill struggles a bit as a scrambler and as a quarterback. Yes, he had a big 40-yard scramble against the Atlanta Falcons last year, I know. And he's had a couple of those plays, don't get me wrong. But more times than not, he has an inability escaping pressure in the backfield. So when you look at what it is that he does well, he is a straight line runner, y'all. He is somebody that if you are in his way and he's going from point A to point B, he's going to make sure that you see your way out of that one. Oh, I had to do the throwback joke. I had to do the throwback joke for that one. But anyway, he'll run through a defensive back. He'll go through a linebacker. Like that's what he does, but you have to get him going straight, straight line. And so that's why having him run out of the backfield, having him catch and run, getting him in space, all of that is so beneficial for him because he is so athletic and he is so unstoppable in those situations. That's where he brings you his value. That's where he is of most value. And so you look at Taysom Hill right now. He took that really brutal shot to the head uh, against the Washington football team. Again, he looked to be in good spirits later, but hopefully he doesn't end up missing extended time because he is one of your most reliable scorers on this offense, and he can do it from anywhere along that offensive formation. That's really important and helps to generate a lot of mismatches in a team for the New Orleans Saints whose offense is predicated on scheming and creating mismatches. We can quickly run through Quan Alexander, Nick Vanette, the uh, kind of value that they bring. I mean, Quan Alexander gives you another sideline to sideline option. Pete Werner has done a great job so far. On Monday's episode, we're going to talk about, is it Pete Werner? Is it Quan Alexander? Who's the will linebacker for the New Orleans Saints? when Quan Alexander does come back. But regardless, it just gives you a lot of flexibility to have that 
star linebacker back in your rotation, whether he is rotating or whether he is your starter. He gives you a ton of value and he frees up Demario Davis to do what he does very well as a pass rusher and as a run protector as well. So getting Quan Alexander back has a ton of implications. Getting Nick Vanette back has a ton of implications. Again, he impacts the way that you utilize Adam Troutman on the field. Adam Troutman, 212 snaps so far this season. He's run less than 80 routes. It's not been a part of his game so far to have him utilized as a pass catcher. But when Nick Vanette comes back, who is a veteran blocker for you, then all of a sudden you can start to move Adam Troutman around the formation a bit more, use him in the slot, use him uh, out wide, use him as more of a split in in addition to a tight end. And of course, you can still use him as a blocker and in tight to the formation. But it gives you the opportunity to have him run more routes out of those two tight end sets which is going to get you the opportunity to utilize him a lot more in the passing game. And then two more on the offensive line that I quickly want to run through. We don't have to spend a lot of time here. We know the impact that getting Eric McCoy back gives you for this offensive line, that getting Teron Armstead gives you for this offensive line. That's two of your three best offensive linemen right there. And two of the three players that are amongst the top and in terms of the best in the conversation at their respective positions as well. That'll be interesting to see, you know, shifting Cesar Ruiz back to right guard, how that goes, having Eric McCoy step back in as your center. But Cesar Ruiz has gotten better every week at that center position as well. James Hurst right now at left tackle is actually the NFL's highest rated pass block win rate uh, in the in the league. So he's filled in really well for Teron Armstead. Now, make no mistake, that's Teron Armstead's job when he comes back. There's no doubt about that protecting Jameis Winston's blind side. But James Hurst then shifts back to your sixth offensive lineman, and then you have another fantastic offensive lineman as your sixth man, essentially, in the offense. So huge to get those two players back. Huge to add wide receiver Traquan Smith back as well, who can make those physical, tough, contested catches in the red zone over the middle of the field for you as well. So you look forward to getting Traquan Smith back. And then all of a sudden, you have this wide receiver core that might look a little something like uh, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Marquez Calloway, and Kenny Stills. That's a pretty good group and maybe one of the groups that you're most confident in from one through five over the course of maybe the last few seasons. So not a bad setup for the New Orleans Saints once they start getting all of these pieces back. Family, thank you so much once again for making us your first listen of the day here every day on Locked on Saints. I really appreciate all of the growth that we've seen here on the podcast, all the fun that we've been having. Next week is the wedding for me on Monday. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are going to be pre-recorded episodes. Monday is a Monday mailbag. Tuesday, we have an interview with our good friend Rod Murray from uh, the uh, from NOLA.com, from the Times-Picayune, New Orleans advocate. He's coming through to help us take a look at where the Saints have been so far and where they're headed. And then for WWL Wednesday, we've got a full episode with Ricardo LeCompte, just having some fun with some superlatives, offensive MVP, defensive MVP, all of that. So a lot of fun stuff coming for you next week. Not going to miss a beat at all. So very excited for all the the programming that we have coming up. Uh, For your second listen today, make sure you go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. It's NFL analyst Brian Peacock. It's former NFL scout Matt Williamson giving you a look around the NFL like no one else can from the inside perspective. So have a ton of fun with that. Have a fantastic weekend here. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy some NFL football while you sit back and relax. And I'll be seeing y'all again here soon next week. I appreciate y'all as always for everything that you do and all the support you show for the show. For everything in between, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.